Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Just when we all thought the drama was over, the stress was over, Mike McCarthy was out the door, looked like we were on to greener grass. Well, it looks like the drama's only getting started. The questions are only beginning to be asked. A lot of things swirling around this Green Bay Packers franchise right now, and we're going to talk about it all today. A couple big things going on yesterday. I know the big news was obviously the firing of Mike McCarthy on Sunday night, and we've been talking about that all week long, although the week is still young. Obviously, it's only Tuesday. About the firing of Mike McCarthy that happened on Sunday night immediately following that loss to the Cardinals, and we thought, all right, we're in the clear. It is a new day. A new day is dawning for the Green Bay Packers. We're opening a new door. Here we go. And just as quickly as the Mike McCarthy era ended, uh, the drama and the questions are already beginning to be asked about the next tenure, not even about the next head coach, but about how this team is going to be managed, how it's going to be run, uh, who's going to make which decisions, and how are those decisions going to be made? A lot of questions, and we're going to start to break it all down here on the Wisco Sports Show today on WKTY, a huge press conference yesterday. And we didn't really have time to get into it. It went down yesterday afternoon, and I thought when I was planning my show yesterday, we'll we'll wait to talk about the press conference with CEO Mark Murphy and General Manager Brian Gutekunst. We'll wait to talk about that tomorrow because I, I wanted to focus on Sunday and Sunday night and what happened then and, and anything that became of the press conference, we will talk about in further detail on Tuesday. And there was plenty that became of that press conference yesterday with Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy, and I do want to talk about it all today. That's going to be our focus here on the Wisco Sports Show. You can chime in and uh, and share your thoughts as well, 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. Coming up in about 20 minutes at 530, we're going to be joined by Bart Winkler of the fan down in Milwaukee, and they've been all over this Mike McCarthy firing as any good sports station is, and we're going to get his thoughts on the controversy and the questions that are now what feels like only beginning to be asked, just as we got rid of one problem with Mike McCarthy, and I'm not referring to him as a problem. It's not how I want to come across, but as soon as that door was kind of closed, it feels like now a bunch of windows have been opened, and now a bunch of questions are beginning to be asked about where this Packers team is going to go and how it's going to be run from here on out. So if you want to share your thoughts, let a rip on the five-star telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. What I started to think about yesterday. I sat down to watch the press conference in its entirety this afternoon. Finally got a minute, sat down with a cup of coffee, watched the press conference, took some notes, uh, and, and we're going to hear bits of that press conference coming up. One thing that I don't like to do on my show, and and obviously my show here on WKTY, it's only an hour long. So there's not really a whole lot of space for filler, especially this time of year, right? When we have so many teams going, so many storylines. I don't have time to sit down and, and play full press conferences. But what I did do is is pick out a couple answers and a couple responses from both Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekinds that I thought were pertinent. I chopped them up into a nice, neat little package, and that's what we're going to talk about here coming up in about 10 minutes. I'm not going to indoctrinate you. I'm not going to force 20 minutes of, of you know, low-quality, muffled uh, press conference talk on you. But what I, what I do want to emphasize before we get into some of those sound bites that I meticulously picked through earlier today, the point I do want to make is is optics matter. Optics really, really matter. And you might think, well, as long as they they hire the right coach and, and they draft the right players and bring in the right free agents, everything else is secondary. I'm here to tell you that's, that's not the case. Um, I'll, I'll take you back to just about a year ago now when the Packers were 
done with Aaron Rodgers for the season. Brett Hundley had taken over, and they go to play the Minnesota Vikings at Lambeau Field. It was around Christmas time. I don't believe it was a Christmas Eve game, but it was close, right? It was that time of year, and the Packers just looked horrible. It was embarrassing. It was on national television, and that was really the moment, the coming out moment for this Green Bay team where a lot of the country, not just Packers fans, said, okay, there's a problem. There's a talent problem. There's a leadership problem. There's a lot more behind this than simply an Aaron Rodgers injury. And I'll take you to that game. I don't remember when it was in the game, but the camera panned up to Rick Spielman in the box. The Vikings general manager looked astute, looked engaged, looked neatly dressed, neatly combed and ready to rock and roll. I mean, he looked like he was on top of things. Optics, right? We're not hearing what he's saying. We're not talking about his moves. We're just just what we see, what we hear, the optics of the situation. Rick Spielman Looked spiffed up, for lack of a better term. He was engaged, and, and he was he was on top of things. Compare that and, and contradict that to Ted Thompson, was sitting over there in what I remember as a green quarter zip with his mouth wide open. Looks like he was catching flies. Just looked out of it. Didn't look good. Now, behind the scenes, and in Mike Mc, and, uh, Ted Thompson's mind, he might have had 100% control over everything, knew exactly what he was dealing with. But that wasn't the optics of the situation. That's not what people saw. And ultimately, that's what's going to drive a lot of the narratives, especially in the national media, when you have writers and radio hosts and television hosts who aren't keying in each and every day on every detail of the Green Bay Packers. The big picture, the optics matter. And I that's kept what I that's what I kept thinking of when I was watching this press conference. I was actually impressed. I didn't know what to expect from Mark Murphy. He sat down and I give him a lot of credit. For those of you who don't know, I'm a communications student at UWL and a lot of what you do in in a good portion of communications classes as you work towards that major, which is my emphasis is actually in media studies, is working on presentations of some type, whether it's informative, persuasive, uh, you're presenting on research, whatever that may be. It's a big part of the curriculum for a communication studies major at UWL, and that's one little thing, and I talked about that earlier. Remember the, uh, the Urban Meyer scandal and how the press conference was brutally bad, and I said, look, a communications major may not be building bridges, right? It may not be putting a man on the moon, but we can help with that. Urban Meyer facing an entire year of a media firestorm. Yeah, I could have told Urban, that's not how you want to sit. That's not maybe what you want to wear. That's not how you want to talk. And the world needs more of that, right? It needs more of that to help the optics of a situation because that's what the public sees. And I, and I would love to apply that to yesterday's press conference. Mark Murphy sat down uh, next to Brian Gutekunst, and it was actually kind of funny. Mark Murphy sat down with what was, you know, folded up loose leaf paper with his notes on it. And part of me thinks that that plays really well the Packers fandom. Part of me thinks that he was speaking very extemporaneously, meaning he had some notes, he had some points he wanted to hit, but he wasn't reading them off a paper. He was coming from a place um, that was genuine. He was coming from a place that was slightly off the cuff, and I think that played very well. Now, that being said, as the press conference went on and the reporters continued to to hit both Brian Gutekinds, but mostly Mark Murphy with a barrage of questioning, that kind of swung, and, and it got to the point where it looked like Murphy was a little bit overwhelmed, and it got to the point where it looked like he was just sick of answering questions. Not unfair, but I, I think that you know, that uh, that slice of home, that genuine off-the-cuff personality only gets you so far. And at some point in the press conference yesterday, Brian Gutekunst reminded me of a scene that I'm very familiar with in some college classes, and that is a student up in front giving a presentation, uh, a student obviously not as good at presenting, for lack of a better term, as a professor. And the student would be up there presenting some research or what have you, and, and you know that the, the professor is always going to be like, if I could just interject for a moment, or if I could make things clear, or, you know, feeling the need to jump in there and helping out the student who might be confused about something, can't clearly get his words out. Yesterday, that's what Brian Gutekunst felt like during that press conference. He felt like the professor that 
a couple times felt like he needed to interject himself and say, all right, I can, I can take it from here. I can answer this question. I can clarify this. And that was an interesting optic. I, I was actually very impressed with Brian Gutekunst. And we'll hear a couple of his words coming up in the next segment when I actually want to delve into this press conference a little bit. Gutekunst was a little bit more tactful, very clean cut, very prepared, and very professional. I'm not saying that's not Mark Murphy, but I think there is this swirling feeling among Packer fans right now that Mark Murphy is not qualified to do the job that he is about to undertake, and that is hire the next coach of the Green Bay Packers. I don't think that's the case. I think Mark Murphy is very qualified to be doing exactly what he is doing, but the optics of a situation matter, and the way that something is presented matters. And I think Brian Gutekunst, by the end of this 20-ish minute press conference, became the smarter looking man, the sounder, the smarter sounding man in the room. And I think the media kind of worked to chip away to figure that out. And I think that's one of the conclusions I took away. I don't know if Mark Murphy was expecting to face the questioning that he got yesterday, especially the repeated questioning about something that I want to address coming up. I, I think by the end, he was a little tired. He was a little bit like, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. I want to go home. Interesting optics, and we're going to continue to cover this press conference coming up here in a couple of minutes. Another question I want to pose before we before we launch ourselves into the rest of this show, and I'm just going off what I heard, what I hear from Packers fans and comments that I read and tweets and Facebook posts that I see here at the station at WKTY. A couple of years ago, Mark Murphy wasn't active enough. We were making fun of him for doing the business side, doing the sledding hill, not holding Ted Thompson accountable for his drafts. And now we're like, okay, hold on. Mark Murphy, he's being too much of a, a Jerry Jones. He's being too much of a hands-on owner. As we go throughout the show today and we explore the optics and, and the, the structure of this whole situation, keep that in mind because you can't always have it both ways. At some point, Mark Murphy's going to have to get involved. How much is too involved? I don't know. That's something we're going to figure out today and I hope to do with you. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line, open all hour long. At 5.30, coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk to Bart Winkler from The Fan in Milwaukee. So uh, buckle up. I'm sure he'll have some some fun stuff to say, and I, I look forward to breaking all of this down with him. Uh, coming up next, I did pull a couple pieces of this press conference, and I want to delve deeper into it. And I think Mark Murphy did a really good job, I don't know if it was purposeful or not, of I think reaffirming a couple of things that Packers fans may have already believed and at the same time, maybe leaving us with more questions and we're wanting a little bit more. We need to hear a little bit more from Mark Murphy regarding the whole the whole process that's about to start hiring a new head coach of your Green Bay Packers. So we're going to cover that when we get back. Something that I thought was really interesting. Timing. Timing. I think Mark, Mc Mark or not Mike McCarthy, but Mark Murphy rather reaffirmed something that we were all thinking regarding timing. And I want to get into that coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills, right here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Don't forget, you can always stream the show at WKTYsports.com. And if you find yourself busy, find your hands tied weeknights from 5 to 6. Don't worry, you can always catch up on the program at the podcast portion of our website, WKTYsports.com. All the shows are posted there in their entirety, not just the Wisco Sports Show, but Mornings with Dave and Scrady, our outdoor show on the weekend. All of our local programming is found there in podcast form, making it easy to take in anytime, anywhere you want. Uh, the Five Star Telecom talking text line is always there for you when and where you want it. 608-796-2558. Toma Dan says, Grant, what's your opinion on McDaniels? My son thinks he would be a good coach, but how can you trust him after he stuck Indianapolis in the back? Dan, that's a great question, and we're going to get to that. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, that's something I want to discuss with Bart Winkler from The Fan, who's going to be our guest here on the Wisco Sports Show, coming up in just over 10 minutes. Right now, what I want to do is continue to explore 
the press conference yesterday with Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst announcing their plan moving forward. A lot of different details covered and the reporters really pressing Mark Murphy on one thing in particular. And we'll get to that really soon, I promise. Right now, I, I want this is a soundbite I took right away because I think this did a really good job of reaffirming what a lot of people thought was the thinking behind the season for the Green Bay Packers. Thinking, well, if you think you're going to part ways with Mike McCarthy at the end of the year, why not do it now? You know, and, and Mark Murphy, I think, really hit on what we were all thinking. And that is, well, Mike, Mike's been in this situation before. You never know. You want to let things play out. And that's exactly what he had to say yesterday uh, at, in the early portion of the press conference. In, in terms of the timing, we all would have preferred to, to make the change uh, following the season. You know, we've been in these situations with Mike before. Uh, obviously, you, you think back to 2016, we were 4-6. and six. Um, all of our efforts were in, you know, uh, turning the season around. I, I really think if we'd gotten a key win here or there, things would have changed. But uh, the way the season unfolded, it just we're never able to get that win. And quite honestly, the uh, performance on Sunday night, uh, to me, made it very clear uh, that uh, coaching change was needed. I think that answer reaffirms what a lot of us were thinking. What a lot of us were saying is, Mike McCarthy's been in this situation before. You have to let this play out to some extent, and I think Mark Murphy was doing exactly that. The problem for Mike McCarthy was that loss was just too much to stomach. And I think that's what it came down to, and, and Murphy hit a little bit on that in his answer. Something that Mark Murphy continued, he answered a barrage of questions regarding the new structure about how Mark Murphy will actually be in charge of overseeing just about everything. Everybody reports to him, and he's going to have his fair share in who is the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Not just Brian Gutekunst, which is how a lot of teams do it. Packers have never had an owner, and I, and I think reporters and fans, who I guess essentially the, the reporters are working for, want to know how this is going to work and, and what exactly the plan is moving forward. And Mark Murphy answered endless amounts of questions on why you, why do you feel you need to be the hired, you know, hire the next coach? Why not Brian? You know, what, what, why, 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 why? And he answered multiple questions. And this is how he discussed the structure and why he thinks it's the, the best way to get things done. You know, much has been made. Uh, I've seen some articles about the structure. Um, you know, to me, the biggest, the most important thing is the, the people, uh, in the building and the relationships and uh, you know so we, I Brian and I'll work together and uh, we'll together we'll hire the best coach I, I'm not gonna hire I'm not gonna hire a coach that Brian is not comfortable with yeah. I think I said this when I got hired and when the structure was kind of laid out you know this is this is about people and I wouldn't have been uh, I wouldn't have felt comfortable if it wasn't for the people involved going forward uh, with that structure um, and that's what it's about it's really about the people and I feel very confident that uh, we're going to get the right guy in this. Now, keep in mind that general manager Brian Gutekunst took this job with the understanding that now both him and the head coach would be reporting straight to Mark Murphy. I don't think this was a shock. I don't think this is something that's going to cause a rift between the general manager and Mark Murphy because this is ultimately Brian Gutekunst has only been a general manager for one year and this is all he's known. Now, at some point, if, if Gutekunst continues to, to flex and to sh do a good job of showing his football acumen and his ability to build a team, maybe Mark Murphy says, I'm going to go back to the business side. You appear to have it well in hand, you know, and I'm going to trust you. But I think that's something that Gutekunst might have to establish over the next couple of years. Now, the question we obviously ask is, does Murphy need to be involved at all? Is this too much? Was he too hands-off with Ted Thompson? I think the key for Packers fans and, and fans of the team and owners, as people will remind you, you need to find that balance, right? You can't be 
too meddling in the football side of things, roster construction, draft picks, but you can't be so hands-off to the point where you let Ted Thompson run a roster into the ground for a season or two too long. And I think that's the balance that the Packers fans are are looking for and, and want to make sure that, that they have a little bit of transparency and clarity. And I give credit to both Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekinds for coming out and, and, and facing the press and answering questions for a good amount of time yesterday. One of the questions that was posed, speaking of talent, towards Brian Gutekinst, who is a little bit quieter in the press conference. I think he was a little bit more tactful and a little bit more um, opportunistic in when and how he chose to speak. He was asked about the talent on this roster. They said, Brian, look, do you believe that this talent or this uh, this roster, excuse me, didn't live up to the talent that you thought was on the roster? I mean, was that was that part of the McCarthy firing? Did you think he had more than enough talent to work with and just wasn't getting it done? Did that play into the decision to overall, you know, let the head coach go? Yeah, you know, I'll say that... Um... You know, the thing that I think, I think that our team, you know, I think I believe in the guys in the locker room. You know, I really do. Um, you know, there's each year is different, um, but there's talent in that locker room and the team didn't perform to the expectations that we set for it. And I think that's kind of why we're here where we're at. To be honest, I was really, really impressed with uh, with Brian Gutekunst yesterday. This I don't know if this answer caught him off guard or what happened. He he almost hesitated. He misspoke. I, I think he was trying to look for the right words to say. Listen to this. Uh, his opening statement or his opening uh, number of words, if you will, again. Yeah, you know, I'll say that, um, you know, the thing that I think, I think that our team. <laughs> the thing that I think, I think. It's a tough question. It's a tough question to answer. Because by saying yes, I thought we had a really good roster. You're not really throwing Mike McCarthy under the bus, but you're not doing him a favor. Not saying you're dancing on his grave as a head coach, but you got to pick your words carefully. And there's so many factors at play in the optics of this situation. You know, one statement is interpreted incorrectly and all of a sudden Brian Gutekunst wanted Mike McCarthy out all along. So got to choose his words carefully. And I think Gutekunst would probably had that in the back of his mind. One final thing and I know I was alluding to this is Mark Murphy faced question after question after question regarding why do you why do you need to hire the head coach? Why not just turn that over to Brian? Why do you need to be involved at all? And at one point one of the reporters actually said, "Do you understand why we're asking?" as if you know, this short handful of answers that he already gave, gave wasn't enough. Do you understand why we're asking? Do you understand our concerns? Almost as they were talking down, a principal talking down to a student about why they called him into the office. You understand why we called you here, right? I, I thought that was borderline demeaning. Not demeaning, but borderline. It was getting there. And I think Mark Murphy's answer matched the... I, I think he was getting a little frustrated at this point as well. I think he matched the level of intelligence that the question was brought with. In terms of, well, you know why we're asking this, right? And I think Mark Murphy at this stage in the press conference had it up to here and said, you know what? Here are my thoughts. I don't want to brag about myself, but <laughs> um, I've been, all of my adult life, I've been in, involved in football. I've seen it from the perspective of a player. I've been an athletic director for 17 years. I've hired many, many coaches. Um, several football coaches, um, and so I think I have a lot to offer. Uh, I feel that I'm a football person, even though I'm on the, in a position of president, and Brian and I have a great relationship, and I think this gives the Packers the best chance to have success, and, and that's why I'm doing it. I actually thought that was a really good answer, and I, and I was reading some reactions to the press conference yesterday that you know Murphy was laughing at his own jokes, and, and he was a little awkward, and I watched this portion, too, I didn't pick up on that. He did kind of laugh at his own joke at the beginning, I think just to kind of cut through the awkwardness. 
but I think, and rightfully so, Mike, Mc, Mike, excuse me, Mark Murphy feels the need to say, I know football. Do, do you guys not know who I am? I was an athletic director at a Big Ten school. I hired Pat Fitzgerald, who, by the way, did you see what he did this year? He outperformed Paul Christ and the Badgers and Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes and made it to the Big Ten Championship game. And for what it's worth, they didn't get blown out. They actually played pretty well. The margin was not as large as I think we all kind of expected for that game. Do you know who I am? He played in the NFL for a long time. Was a great player in Washington. Mike McC- or, I keep saying Mike McCarthy. Mark Murphy has been around football in some fashion, and it's almost better that he has been around football in different fashions and in different capacities because I think that gives him a little bit more balanced resume, a little bit more balanced process of making ideas and handling issues as they come up to him. I don't know. I, I think that was a pretty appropriate response from Mark Murphy, Murphy to remind people, I know what the hell I'm doing. I understand your questions. I understand your concerns. But don't talk down to me. Don't treat me like I'm dumb. I know football. Get off my case just a little bit. We go to the five-star telecom talking text line. Before we take a quick break, how can I put my faith in Murphy when we let TJ Watt? I'm assuming you mean uh, when TJ Watt wasn't drafted. Well, Dan, at that point, you got to remember, Mark Murphy was well on the business side, allowing Ted Thompson to run the football side. And to be honest, a couple years ago, I, I think we were all sick of Ted Thompson's Free agency approach? I don't think we question his drafting ability. That's not, I don't think there's a lot of correlation there, Dan. I wouldn't be too concerned with that. JB says, Grant, Jerry Jones thinks he knows football too. Let the GM hire the coach. JB, I, at some point, I want the Packers to be comfortable turning the keys, in a sense, over to Brian Gutekinds. Jerry Jones, he, he's oil money. I think it's a little bit of a different comparison. And Jerry Jones has a long track record of meddling, of, of being a little bit too involved. I think Mark Murphy at every juncture has taken every opportunity he can to step back and allow the football side to run itself. And if Mark Murphy gets way too involved and this turns into a train wreck, then I will be the first one to apologize on the show and say I was wrong and we can figure out where the Packers are going to go from there. But right now, I think we have some, some good precedent of Mark Murphy allowing things to run themselves when they are running smoothly. But that exactly hasn't been the case the last few years. Hasn't been the case. And I think Mark Murphy just wants to remind people... I. I can. I understand how to run a football team. I'm here for a reason. Give me a little bit of credit. Don't treat me like I'm dumb. I understand your questions, under, understand your concerns, but don't treat me like I'm dumb. I think that's all Mark Murphy was asking for in that sense. Uh, somebody who will not treat anybody like they're dumb is Bart Winkler, and he is from The Fan down in Milwaukee, 105.7 FM The Fan, and we're going to talk to him coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show, get, to, get his thoughts on the structure, uh, on Gutekunst, Murphy, just about everything, including the firing of McCarthy, which now almost feels like it's gone by the wayside because there's so much else to talk about. So we'll cover all that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. We're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, both at 96.7 FM, 580 AM. You can also stream live at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. If you haven't downloaded already, check it out. Uh, joining us for a couple of minutes here on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line, Bart Winkler from The Fan down in Milwaukee. And there is so much to cover. It's only Tuesday, and it feels like we do have so much to cover. Bart, what's going on today? Oh, man, just trying to catch up with everything that's going on in Green Bay. It's been 
a whirlwind few days, man. It's it's wild. I feel like I'm off Twitter for an hour, and there's so much stuff that I missed, including I felt like I was way behind missing 10 minutes of Twitter on Sunday night when they did ultimately fire Mike McCarthy. I was shocked. Uh, that was my original. I, I was stunned. I didn't really know what to think. What What were you thinking on Sunday night when you saw that news? I'd say about the last four weeks uh, after these losses, what I've been doing is I like to watch the press conferences on, on their Facebook feed, the Packers, which... I think a lot of people do, and I, I wait to see if they're actually going to have a Mike McCarthy press conference, and they do, and they keep doing it, and then this week they did again, and okay, well, he's not going to get fired. They're going to ride out the string here. I'm sitting on my couch, left side of my couch. I'll picture this fondly forever in my living room. Well, not so much fondly, but vividly, a little bit fondly. Sure. And I get an email from the Packers, from the Packers, and I think, you know, sometimes you see on Twitter – Oh, that's not a real tweet, and it's not. But I thought this was like a doctored email. I thought somebody hacked into the Packers server and figured out their email formula and sent an email. I was just, I was shocked. I was surprised because they'd never done this before in 100 years, firing a coach in the middle of a season. The more I thought about it, as shocking as it was, wouldn't it almost be more shocking to see this team with Mike McCarthy at Lambeau Field again on Sunday, because for how bad they looked on Sunday against the Cardinals, you wanted you wanted to go through the motions like that four more times. How would that team that lost to the Cardinals, the terrible two and nine then Cardinals, how how would they have looked this Sunday? How would they have looked in Chicago or in New York or then even at the last week of the season? I mean, it would if that's what Sunday looked like, it would have been even worse. So at least there's something different about this team. And we're not even thinking playoffs. I don't know if you've gone through the formulas, but like the Vikings and Seahawks have to lose seven times in four games and they play each other. So that's something I think you can put away. But I was shocked, and I was shocked at the time, but it would be even more shocking because this team was done. It came to its natural end, and Mike McCarthy had to go. Well, and Bart, this is what I thought was interesting. Taking a glance at what, you know, national pundits and writers and TV hosts were saying, they they were saying that Mike McCarthy deserved better. You know, he deserved to ride out the season. The more I think about it, and I was able to jump on our morning show here for a couple of minutes, and this is what I said, the more I think about it, maybe this is better for Mike McCarthy because after that game, I think he would have lost the locker room and they would have been asking players like Randall Cobb for the next however many weeks, you know, has Mike lost the locker room? You know, what's going on with Mike? You know, I wouldn't it just be a little cleaner and a little bit easier for both parties just to cut bait now? I know that's not the traditional way of thinking, and that's not how things are normally done, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I guess if you, anybody listening, if you knew you were getting fired, not quitting your job, but if you if you knew you were getting fired in four weeks, would you rather just get fired now and get paid for the rest of the month, or would you rather go to work every day have that real slim Hail Mary chance that you can continue to work. Everybody's going to be talking about you behind your back, but you know it. What would you rather, what would you rather live through? So I think as shocking as it is, and while the, the gentlemanly thing of the past would be let the guy do it, play it out. I mean, well, how, how is firing him the minute after his final game any more classy or letting him sleep on it on Sunday night and then firing him on what they call Black Monday? I think what this does, it is it allows Mike McCarthy that extra month to sort of reset his mind, reset his life. And then if he wants to get back into coaching right away, which I would assume he does, it seems like he does, we'll find out. 
it gives him that opportunity. He can start having conversations with a team like Cleveland who seems very interested. So it's different, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I think that while there's no right way to to get fired, I think that ultimately this will work out best for, for both sides. No, I agree. Uh, Bart Winkler from Mornings with Chuck and Winkler, or or Chuck and Winkler, not Mornings with Chuck and Winkler. That's our morning show. Uh, But uh, from the fan down in Milwaukee, joining us here on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line for a couple of minutes. It's amazing how quickly the door shut on Mike McCarthy and we immediately began to talk about the current structure and how Murphy and Gutekunst are going to continue. And I was able to catch just a bit of your show this morning talking about getting thoughts on Mark Murphy and People aren't loving Mark Murphy on my show so far. What are your thoughts on that dynamic in the hiring process moving forward? Well, it's a new villain. It's a new villain to have. That's I mean, true. You know, we're, we're a fan base that loves a villain. And for a while it was Ted Thompson and we wanted him gone. And he was. And then it was Mark, Mike McCarthy and now he's gone. And now it's Mark Murphy. And the structure, again, this is a situation where it's different. Does that mean it's wrong? There are examples of this working and not working in our state in the last five years. David Stearns, as a GM, got hired but couldn't do anything about Craig Council. That worked out. The Bucks owners wanted Jason Kidd. That didn't work out. How much, how much did John Horst really have a say in Mike Budenholzer? We think the owners were involved in that, too. That's working out. So it, it, it's going to be a case-by-case basis, and I think the way that it came off and the way that you may have seen some of the clips from Mark Murphy if you didn't watch the whole press conference is that it seemed like Mark Murphy was, I want to do this because I want power. I don't think that's the case. I think Brian Gutekinds is going to have all, all but all of the sort of decision-making here. Yeah. Mark Murphy just wants to know what's going on because he is the president of this team, and he saw for the last three years how bad it got when he wasn't involved. So I think that, yeah, he might have a candidate he has heard of or liked and He'll be involved in the process. I do think it'll be Gudikin's decision, more or less, with Mark Murphy signing off on it. I, we got to remember that these guys, Mark Murphy and Brian Gudikins and, and Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson before him, they all want what we want. They want to win a championship. They want the Packers to be the one to hoist the Lombardi, hoist the Lombardi Trophy again. So we're all on the same side. It's just sometimes. I know it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it's a good point, and, and there needs to be a villain because when your team doesn't win, it just can't be for the sake that they're not good. There needs to be someone standing in the way, and I think that is a really good take. Um, I want to ask about talent. Brian Gutekinds was asked yesterday, and, and I played the soundbite just a couple moments ago, about did you think there was enough talent on this team to get it done, and did that play into the decision to, for Mike McCarthy to be fired? Bart, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is my take. I thought their offense was really talented. I thought there's still a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball. I thought they could have been one of the best offenses in the league. And to be honest, I didn't think their defense was that bad either. I know they had a lot of injuries, especially at safety, and now they have started to pile up. But I thought at the beginning of this year, if this team just stays healthy, who knows how far they could go. And and my opinion on the talent really hasn't changed since then. I know there's some people who I've heard, you know, they just don't have the talent to compete. I don't buy into that. Well, the defense we all thought would at least improve. Uh, injuries have kind of taken out the secondary again. But with Mike Pettin here, we thought they'd at least improve, and, and they have. The offense, though, I was right there with you. I mean, you go back and replay anything I said about this offense in, in August or September, I was, I was sky high. I thought 35 points a game minimum from them. I thought Aaron Rodgers with the weapons, with Devontae, 
I expected a big year out of Randall Cobb. I thought he was going to have a nice defined role and play well to it. I thought Geronimo Allison, who got hurt, was going to have a big year. I liked the Jimmy Graham signing. I think I still do, but I expected a little bit more from him in the red zone. And then I liked their trio of running backs, and that includes all the way down to Ty Montgomery, who I thought they could have used more as a slot receiver kind of guy when he was here. So, I, yeah, I thought the talent was there. The offensive line I was worried about if there was an injury. Otherwise, I thought 35 points this team could put up. And, and why didn't they do that? There's a lot of reasons. Injuries, as I mentioned, and, you know, Ty Montgomery moving on and uh, a weird sort of not being able to decide when to play Aaron Jones, when to play Jamal Williams from yeah. McCarthy. But a lot of that does fall on Aaron Rodgers, too. I expected Aaron Rodgers. I've always said for this team to be just good, Aaron Rodgers has to be elite because he elevates mediocre teams to a good status, and he can get mediocre teams to the NFC Championship like he did two years ago that game in Atlanta. But I thought the talent around him was good, and then I thought if Aaron Rodgers played elite, this team would be great. Aaron Rodgers has played far from elite, and and really he's played far from good. That game on Sunday, I mean, from start to finish, I I can't think of a game that I think he's played worse. And if you look at his stats, one touchdown, no interceptions, you can say, oh, he had a fine game. Uh, you can also say he threw four and a half yards a, a pass, and he threw a lot in the dirt, and he threw a lot of balls away. He leads the league in that. So I, I just think that the talent didn't live up to the billing for a, for a variety of reasons, and the reason why it didn't for Aaron Rodgers, that's the mystery. Is it the collarbone? Is it a lack of uh, wanting to play for McCarthy? Is there some defiance there? That's something that only Aaron Rodgers knows right now. Well, and it was almost a moment of pride yesterday. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. When I got a couple of calls on this show, and people weren't defending Mike McCarthy, but they were more so ripping Aaron Rodgers. And one of my callers yesterday said, you know, I've, I've heard the team didn't show up for Mike McCarthy. I, I thought everybody showed up for Mike McCarthy except for Aaron Rodgers. He, his body language was crap. There was no sign of any competitive spirit in Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And it was a horrible optic. And I said yesterday... I don't think Aaron Rodgers was trying to get Mike McCarthy fired. I'm not going to question what's in his head, what's in his heart. I can never tell. But Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to know that that's how it was going to be interpreted. I I cannot believe the performance that we saw from number 12 on Sunday. He certainly wasn't playing like he was trying to keep his job. I mean, you don't want to think that your quarterback is that diabolical that he would not try against a poor team, hoping that his coach got fired on his birthday. But it's also, you know, not out of the realm of possibility, which is really disgusting to say. That again, he should be embarrassed that that game, like that's not a that's not a tweet you can delete and then hopefully no one saw it. That game is on tape forever, for the rest of time, and we'll always be able to go back and watch what I think was his worst game as a quarterback. He he should be embarrassed and I'm telling you Grant if he goes out there this weekend Ooh. and goes 350 and four touchdowns Ooh. I'm not going to be happy about that. I'm going to be mad because that means he could have done it this whole time and clearly then he was holding something back for a reason and that reason seems to be the wish he got on Sunday. I actually really agreed with what Terry Bradshaw. I love all those people on Fox. It's one of my favorite sports shows to watch and Terry Bradshaw said I, I you know I guess he has to be happy, right? He got his coach fired. I I actually really I didn't agree with that sentiment, but I thought it was 
It was really genuine. I think Terry Bradshaw had something there, and I think that's how it came across. And Aaron Rodgers is too smart not to realize that. Uh, one Bart Winkler from the fan down in Milwaukee joining us. Chuck and Winkler in the morning down there. Uh, one more kind of fun question to, to close things out. It's so early, and it's so tough, and it's conjecture, and it's crazy, and it's fun. But right now, if you have to pick a, a couple of coaches that you're interested in uh, to become the coach of the Green Bay Packers, who, who, who are you thinking of right now? I do, I do hate this exercise because oh, yeah. everyone's saying the same thing. Uh, everyone wants a young, offensive-minded guy. You know, Innovative. You know, you, the, the more obscure the assistant you pick, the smarter you look. I'll tell you what, I read an article today on Sports Illustrated, and I would like to see Nick Saban come up here. I think that would be something that works. I just saw now, that, whether actually. Whether or not that'll happen, probably a long shot. The, the logic is interesting. It's the one thing that he hasn't done. You know, he's done it all in college, and now he could come do it in the pros. I don't know how realistic it is. That's my problem. None of these seem realistic. None of this seems tangible yet. No, I don't think, I don't think Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma is going to – I think he's too young in that job, and I think he likes that job. Um, I don't think that that's happening. Josh McDaniel, I, I, I can see it, and I can't see it. Yeah. Some of these other tough. assistants, I mean – it's just the, I, the the thing that I'm concerned about is you've got to have a guy that can that can make Aaron Rodgers want to play for him, and if you do get like a Sean McVay who's in his mid 30s, who's coaching Jared Goff right now, that's working because Jared Goff is like 10 years younger than McVay. McVay is actually younger than Rodgers, so if you want like Lincoln Riley, he's the same age as Rodgers. Well, Rodgers listen to someone his same age. You can say, oh, age is just a number. It's not. I don't ever believe that. It's not just a number. There is something to it sometimes, and especially in in areas of seniority and superiority, in boss management type relations. I don't think age is just a number, so I'm not sure a young guy his age would work. Well, I, I agree with you 100%, and that's why I don't think this topic is super productive. It's fun to do every once in a while, and I spent a couple minutes on it yesterday, but we're just too far away uh, to know any details about you know who's actually the front runner for this Packers job. Bart, thank you so much for giving us a couple of minutes, and and, and I hope to talk to you again down the line, and, and we can uh, talk about who the Packers do end up hiring because I am interested uh, with your takes on these things. So thanks a lot. I hope we talk soon. Yeah, certainly a lot to talk about, and always a pleasure. Yeah, Bart, thanks again. Uh, Bart Winkler from the fan down in Milwaukee. Chuck and Winkler, 6 to 10 weekday mornings down there, right before Bill Michaels. So it's we have mornings with David Scrady. They have Chuck and Winkler. I wonder if, wonder if those two shows were to go at it. Scrady's pretty big. Scrady could take on just about everybody. Uh, and I know Scrady's, you know, he's giving me a look sometimes. And I know, ooh, you know back down. I don't want, don't want Scrady to put me in a headlock. Uh, when we come back, one final segment of the Wisco Sports Show to wrap things up today. Some of you may have seen this, and I had a caller call me out about it yesterday. And, you know, I Nate, who called in in the final segment yesterday, I hope you're happy. Uh, I did read the article that Yahoo put out yesterday about a possible Josh McDaniels hire. It wasn't the Josh McDaniels part that was interesting. It was something that was tucked in there. I don't know if it was meant as clickbait or as a conversation piece, but I think it's crap. And we're going to talk about it next uh, as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. 
Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Uh, don't forget, coming up in just a little bit over an hour here on WK2I, we do have some local sports tonight. The Aquinas game uh, at about 7.15. That'll get underway tonight, so make sure you can obviously listen on the radio, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, or you can stream live at uh, WK2iSports.com, which, to be honest, if you're sitting down at home uh, eating dinner or enjoying your evening, probably the best way to listen, right? It's not like you're going to go drive around in your car uh, and listen to an entire basketball game. So take advantage of that wonderful streaming service that we have on our website and our mobile app as well. Something that I want to talk about to close the show today, and, and this is really interesting. I had a caller bring it up yesterday, um, and I, I had read the article yesterday. I didn't think it was that important. I didn't think it was that pertinent. I thought it was more clickbait than anything at the time. But let's cover it anyways. Let's spend a couple minutes that we have. It, some of you may have seen the Yahoo article written by Charles Robinson in the headline, What Would a Josh McDaniels Candidacy Look Like to Replace Packers Mike McCarthy? And it's really interesting, and, and there's a bunch of things said in this article, and I'll tweet it out at WKTY on Twitter, at WKTY. There's a lot of things said in this article that are that are interesting, and you, they make you go, whoa, I didn't know that, but there's no basis for any of it. There's no sourcing. It doesn't even say uh, an anonymous source says. It's just, it's just stated, matter-of-factly. And one thing you're taught, I know, in debate class or when you're in any kind of communication class, or this is just 101, you can't just pass that stuff off as fact. That's what people will try to do, right? They'll say, they'll, they'll state something that is an opinion or that is not true, and they'll try to pass it along as a fact. You can't get sucked up in that, but it is an interesting piece by a credible writer. Uh, it says here, a handful of NFL assistant coaches have already indicated interest in joining a McDaniels-led coaching staff in Green Bay, according to sport- sources who spoke to Yahoo Sports on Sunday. So much so that at least one has pulled his name from consideration for a college coordinator position. I'm imagining that's referring to Cliff Kingsbury, who ended up accepting that college position at USC. Might as well have just said it. I don't know why he... Why he Kept it under the cards like that. While such a development doesn't guarantee mutual interest between the Packers and McDaniels, it is an indication that the Patriots assistant is maintaining a list of staff candidates if he chooses to depart New England. In other words, apparently there are all these assistant coaches, college and pros alike, who are interested in joining a McDaniels staff, according to sources that we can't name, even though the Packers and McDaniels don't have interest in each other at the time. (laughs) Apparently there's a staff being assembled. And it's fun to read this stuff. And it's interesting and it's good food for thought. But where's the basis for that? How can you go out there and claim that there are, you know, coaches around the league, college and coordinators and in the NFL who are saying, yeah, we'll join a McDaniels staff, even though the Packers and McDaniels reportedly have zero interest so far. I just I just think it's interesting. I don't know where you get that. Uh, and the next the next sentence is the next paragraph. It remains to be seen whether the Packers would entertain a McDaniels pursuit, something that seemed unthinkable less than 10 months ago. Yeah, who knows if the Packers would even entertain the idea. We don't have a source. We don't have anything to know. We're just going to say, who knows? But their coach is ready. The most interesting part of this article, uh, and this is what should jump out to you if you are a Packers fan, more so than anything else, and that is the comments on here about Mark Murphy. And why that McDaniels might be freaked out a little bit by this. And that is that Mark Murphy is apparently meddling, that he's a meddling owner. I don't I don't get that. You don't really have much to basis off that, including uh it's obvious that now Mark Murphy wants to be involved in the, the head coach hiring process, which I don't think is unfair. But something that was really interesting, and this is said, I'll read it in its entirety. 
In fact, someone who knows McDaniels well suggested Sunday night that McDaniels still has a lot to learn about the Packers structure, which has undergone a revamping that has left CEO Mark Murphy far more involved in the decision-making than ever before. While Murphy has always been the chief decider in the franchise, league sources told Yahoo Sports, that's common knowledge, you don't need a source for that, uh, he has become more involved with the granular details in roster building and contracts, and to some extent, even personnel building. I don't buy that. I was uh, I was listening to Chuck and Winkler, uh, Bart's show this morning. They had Aaron Negler from Cheesehead TV on as a guest whose work that I follow pretty much every day to prepare for this show. His live chats, his articles, you know, everything they do at Cheesehead TV. And there's a bunch of good writers and a bunch of good people there putting out good content every day who have already talked to people inside 1265 Lombardi that said that's a bunch of BS, that that's crap, that Mark Murphy is not involved in roster construction in the slightest. But I guess when you don't have to name a source, when you just say, yeah, people close to the situation say, okay, I'm not saying to throw this article out the window. I'm not saying to maybe not chew on it. Use it as some mental floss. But as everything, especially with unnamed sources, take it with a grain of salt. That's all I got to say. That's it for the Wisco Sports Show today. Remember, Aquinas basketball action coming up in a little bit over an hour. Uh, Drew Kelly will have the call for some local action here. You can listen on your radio, obviously, or at WKTYsports.com or on our mobile app. Thanks for tuning in today. Big thank you to Bart Winkler for joining us. As always, I will be back tomorrow, talk a little Badgers basketball, and, of course, continue to talk all this Packers drama. Thanks for tuning in today. Same time, same place tomorrow. Can't wait to talk to you then. (laughs) 